Okay. Hello, loyal followers. I am hoping that I timed this correctly, as usual. Um, but anyway, welcome to a very belated 80th episode of Law School in Brief with, you guessed it, me, Megan, and of course, as always, with me is... Lydia. Lydia. Hello. Hello. Hi. How have you been? I miss you. Uh, I know, I miss you too. Um, so much, so, so much, especially because we were so close to being able to hang out in person. Uh, um, but gosh darn Omicron, am I right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We were only two hours apart from each other by car. That's not so barely, like, not even. Really? Not, even closer? Yeah, I would say. I mean, not by a lot. I'm kind of splitting hairs, but... One hour and 50 minutes apart. <laughs> and now we're finally chatting after an hour, half of the country apart. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Anyway. You know, remember when COVID felt like, okay, this is scary, but like, we'll all just like be heroes and stay inside for two weeks and, you know, yeah. um, tip, tip our delivery drivers a lot more than we normally would. And we'll just binge watch Tiger King and... <laughs> Love is blind, and this will all be over by Easter. Um, and here we are, January 2022, yeah. dealing with COVID 2019. <laughs> I, uh, I'm guessing that your bar prep classes aren't in person, and I, my classes aren't in person yet either. It's two weeks remote to start over here at WashU. Yeah, you would be correct about that. However, I don't know. I think that all of my bar prep classes would be remote anyway. But oh, I don't know that. Online program? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that's that's where we're at. That's how long we've been apart from one another. Too long. <laughs> and you just started your last semester of law school? Uh, yeah, I know. How are you feeling? I ha I do have my first impressions of class. Um, that's like my update. So, well, can I, I ask you this? Does it feel? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm wondering, just sort of like holistically, as you enter into this last semester of law school slash probably last semester of any school you'll ever do ever again. Wow. Are you feeling like on the <laughs> spectrum of just like? hobbling toward the finish and like a full out confidence sprint where are you um uh interesting spectrum I don't know I I might have said this last semester how I I felt like I was just waiting for the semester to really start like the whole time and mm -hmm. I'm kind of scared that that's how it is this time too. Like I still kind of feel like I'm on winter break because it's remote. I mean, I've done my reading for class, but I have interesting classes. So it's kind of just been like la di da di da. Um, yeah. And Billy is still in New Jersey and I'm just in my nice big apartment with my cat, just reading random stuff I'm interested in and going on walks. And I don't know, it doesn't feel like, okay, I'm burnt out or like, hell yeah, let's do this. Let's get those good grades. Not neither of those things. I'm just like living my life. I don't know if that, I don't know if that makes sense. It almost sounds like school is not your ultimate concern right now, like, <laughs> which is such a beautiful place to be. Am I wrong in my assessment? It sounds like you're living a full life outside of school. Kind of. I do have um, a new hobby and I have my plan for my bar trip that I'm like preparing for. So those two things are kind of like in my imagination for 2022. What do you mean your bar trip? Uh, so a lot of people go on like a bar moon, which is like a little honeymoon. Like there's like this like month long period after the July bar uh -huh. before people start work in like the beginning of September where people yeah. will go travel like really far away because it's like the last time you can do long travel. <laughs> and so Ricky and I are talking about going to Japan, which would be so, 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 so sick. So I started learning a little Japanese over break and it was just really fun to learn something that wasn't law. Yeah. Oh my God. 
a bar moon. That sounds delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it all depends. It all depends, though, on um, on this year old pandemic. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. <laughs> And then my new hobby, sorry, these are both my highs. I'm just getting my highs out of the way. Uh, well, I'll save another high for later when we do highs and lows. But my hobby is foraging. I just got into it and asked for some foraging books for Christmas and got them and started foraging stuff this week. I got juniper berries and started okay. making some like homemade gin. And I got pine needles and made some pine needle tea. And I got some ginkgo nuts that I'm going to roast and eat. So... All, all stuff that's here in the winter in St. Louis. Where are you foraging? Like around your neighborhood and public parks? Yep. Yeah, just around my neighborhood. Just neighborhood foraging. Just some neighborhood foraging. Yep. Dang. That I mean, Adam would be very into that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> he always threatens becoming one of those people who walks through the park and forages for mushrooms. Um, and I'm like, this is a this is an empty threat. I don't care. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can feel free to do that. Just please don't accidentally die. Yeah, yeah. Mushrooms, I'm not I'm not ready for that. Except for woodier mushrooms. Those are like don't have poisonous lookalikes that I'm that I have researched, but yeah, I'm too scared to forage other mushrooms. Yeah, I'm totally fine with my baby Bella button mushrooms from Trader Joe's or whatever. <laughs> yeah, covered in plastic, shrink wrapped <laughs> to my delight. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's great. J- Japanese and foraging. Um, yeah, yeah. Like fantastic uses of time. Yeah, and and that kind of I imagine contrasts with bar prep. How your life is being. <laughs> shaped right now (laughs) yeah tell me Um, about my future Megan what is when is this all this fun foraging Japanese lesson gonna come to an end well I would say I've been foraging for like uh maybe um notions of joy and delight in my daily life Ah, okay yeah just rooting around looking for any anything really the last (laughs) um the last of the joy it's hidden somewhere. Um, no, but in all seriousness, um, I'm, you know, I guess more than, I'm more than halfway into this now that today actually marks the one month mark until I take the bar. I take the bar one month exactly from today. Oh my God. Yeah. Which means that I'm like 60% of the way through <clears throat> with my bar prep, like time, my bar prep course, but in reality, I'm actually only 45% done with the course uh, because, well, I went to Cape Cod for five days, so I didn't do any bar prep then, which you yeah. know, will we'll set you back. Um, and then on Thursdays, I, I go into work at 2FAM, um, and I do I am able to do a little bit of work in the morning or in the evening, but... Mm-hmm. it's like, man, I got to tell you, bar, bar prep is really, it, it's all consuming. Um, mm-hmm. And what's interesting to me about this is that it's not actually painful. Like, I think I told you in our last really? episode, okay. I'm, I like bar prep because they're basically just giving you all the answers and trying various different ways to help you memorize the rules and, and issue spot like a pro. So unlike in law school where you are sort of like rummaging around trying to figure out what the rule is or like if this person has standing or whatever, um, here it's like all just they spoon feed it to you. However, it's less spoon feeding and more like just being like you're you're consuming it via like fire hydrant hose. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, you like there's just so much to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, like if you, if you can sit in one place for a cumulative 10 to 12 hours a day, um, you'll enjoy oh. studying for the bar exam. <laughs> oh, if you, if you find that difficult, which I think most people do, it, it's a difficult task. Um, and yeah, I, but what I was going to say is that the thing <clears throat> that surprises me about it is that, I don't feel good unless I'm doing it. Like I haven't taken, I haven't just like taken a day 
you know, aside from the days that I like was already scheduled to be out of town, there has there has yet to be a day when I've just said, okay, I'm not going to bar prep today. Like I've I've done something every day Shit. because because not doing it feels like you're shooting yourself in the foot. At least for me, I was like, mm. yeah, I just I I can't fully relax if unless I feel like I'm working towards this goal because it's just. To borrow from my previous scale between hobbling toward the finish and like an all-out confidence sprint, this is the all-out confidence sprint, and you have to like fake it. <laughs> but wow, wow, you, you got to do it too, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you probably all your hard work like, is going to pay off. I know it. I mean, it it already is. Like I see the improvements. You know. Wow. Yeah. Um, and Themis at least, and I think this is true for most bar prep companies, they, they give you all these different analytic breakdowns to show you like where you are in respect to like other people in the country and other people in the state, which is pretty cool. I think, um, I mean, it's cool if like (laughs) you're, you're hitting what you see to hit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I, it, it is, I do find it to be useful. So there's nice. that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have no fun. <laughs> okay, you're you're doing the thing. You're doing the actual law thing. That's right. Pass the bar. Do you want to guess how many um, MBE practice questions I have done in the last six weeks? Um, 200. 965. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Megan. Oh. Yeah. 965. And they, they recommend that you try to do 2,400 before oh. the exam. So I'm behind oh. schedule. <laughs> Holy crap. This is me being behind schedule on everything. So, okay, I, if, I'm just going to bitch for, like, a second. Like, okay. just really, like, hear me out. There's okay. just this con- – so I am, like, honest to God, studying 10 to 12 hours a day. Um, and each day when you wake up, you open up the laptop, and, you know, the Themis program is, quote, unquote, smart, meaning it accounts for what you were able to accomplish the day before and is constantly retooling your daily schedule based on what you've completed and getting you to a hundred percent completion by the bar. Um, And their big claim is that if you complete 75% or more of their coursework, you have a 97% chance of passing. So yeah. So you're just constantly trying to like move toward this 75% mark. Right. So that that's sort of like the dangling number that you're working toward and each day when you open up your task list I've been assigned anywhere between 1.5 to 2 percent which means they're saying like of the 100 percent of all the work that we have assigned to you today in this day we want you to complete 1.5 percent of that um and like to give you an idea, like two. If I get a day where it's like, yeah, today you're gonna do two percent of the total work of the Themis bar prep course, that's yeah. like a fourteen hour day if you're doing oh. it honestly. So there's this constant push and pull between wanting to complete everything that they assign to you because you like want to be like, yes, I did the two percent, and look, I'm so much closer to the seventy five percent. With the pull being like, okay, but you also need to slow down and actually digest what you're doing. Like, it makes no sense to just, like, be a zombie and do the work to get to 75% if you're not taking the time to figure out what it is you're doing. So, for example, I'll get assigned, like, a practice set of 34 questions. And each question takes – oh, do you know this? Do you know, like – Oh. Okay. Oh, I don't know anything. (laughs) Okay, so – crying over here just listening to you. So, each MBE question – and this is across the board for the multi-state – should take – one minute and 48 seconds to complete. And so if you get a set of 34 questions and you're completing each question within the 140, 48, you should do, that will take up an hour, right? So if you do this and you schedule the hour to do the task, but then you have, but like 
they don't build in time for you to review all of the answers, you know? And oh. so they, t- they tell you that you should do the practice set the 34 questions. It takes you an hour, but then you should review not only the questions you got wrong, but all the ones you got right too. Um, and then on top of that, you know, you should probably make flashcards for the ones you got wrong. So by the time oh. you're actually done with this, like one assignment out of let's say eight assignments for the day you've spent like two and a half hours doing these things oh so yeah that's why I'm like perpetually behind I'm like 60% of the way done with the time I've been given to prep for the bar but only like 45% of the way done with the actual course (laughs) I'm like just trying to keep my head above water yeah it seems like you would need more than two months to do all this like yeah. Why? Why? Uh, yeah. And that's another thing too. You know, I it's in equal parts. I wish I I could just take the bar tomorrow and be done with it. But then <laughs> I'm also like, no, I need, you know, I need like two more months. But then it's like I can't afford to do this for two more months, like financially. I right, right. Not making money. This is oh man, I'm just giving all of my content away up front. This is this is great. This is just Megan raw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unedited, unabridged. <laughs> um yeah, so, you know, they of course tell you by they I mean the school tells you you know, you should probably be like stashing some of your financial aid student loan money away, like from the time you start law school, um, because there are very limited aid options for the time that you are like studying for the bar. Um, So when you're studying for the bar, you're not given financial aid because you're no longer a student. Like I couldn't get that. Yeah. It's, it's really, really difficult. So I got my, my financial aid in August and usually that would last me August through December, but I have to stretch this to last August through the end of March. Um, yeah. And like, this is, it's like fun in theory, like, oh yeah, like you can like live like you're a college student, you know, just eat a bunch of ramen and. I'm here to tell you, like, there are only so many frozen pizzas one can eat before <laughs> you hit a wall. Like, I never thought I would hate frozen pizza, but here I am. <laughs> I have no time to cook, and I have no money to buy any food that is, like, actually good for you. So, um, frozen pizza, it is. Oh, Megan. Um, <laughs> it's not all bad. I mean, yeah. It's not all great either, though. I'll send you some juniper berries and pine needles. Thank you. Yeah. Toasted (laughs) toasted ginkgo nuts, please. You got it. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, is that... It does seem like a good segue to Lowe's, although I feel like I heard some, like, maybe some benefits in there of, like, learning stuff. But is that kind of your, like, low, or is that, like, the update? I mean, I think it's all like low, it's high updates. That's just sort of okay. Okay, that, that's all. I guess my low would be, you know, being deprived of the opportunity to see you while yeah! you're in North Carolina. Yeah. Goddamn Omicron. That's okay. That's one of my lows. The other one for me is that uh, all these law schools just not handling COVID well. Um, mm-hmm. My friend Chris at Above the Law wrote this article about University of Chicago, like not allowing remote classes and um, like for immunocompromised students, even though we all know that you can do remote classes, the technology is there. <laughs> we did it for like a year and a half. Okay. Right. So I hate this. And WashU is doing the same thing. And um, also, my friend Chris has a podcast. I'll just plug it real quick and then get back to ranting. It's called Too Black, Too Nerdy. And their tagline is Black Nerd Podcast. We talk comics, TV, video games, and movies with a dash of social commentary. So check that out. Um, Chris is great. Great article about you, Chicago. Anyways, (laughs) this is just, come on. 
Wash U and Chicago and all the other schools and the whole economy at large. Like, this is not like, what? Okay, this is not over. Nothing has really changed about the situation except for like mindset, I guess. But like, the numbers are still there. People are still at risk. We still have the technology and whatever. I think I heard that there's like something about the ABA only allows like a certain number of classes to be done online, like to get a credit. How has that rule not been done away with? Right. So I guess maybe there was like, maybe they like looked the other way, quote unquote, during COVID, but now that we're after COVID, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But I'm like, so why can't students for whom it's unsafe to get. And we all remember my rants from last semester where people wouldn't wear their masks correctly. So it's not right. like, not like being on camp, but even if people were, even if everyone was compliant wearing their masks, there are still some students whose immune systems don't like, it would still be risky for some people, but like even setting, even setting that aside, like people are not wearing their masks correctly and the school is not enforcing it enough. So like, it's just so clear where their priorities are. It's making me so upset. Um, it's just so, so doable. Like, right. the way that, like, accommodations work under the ADAs is, I can't speak to, like, uh, school settings, or I can't speak to any settings. This isn't legal advice, yada, yada. But uh, accommodations have to be, quote, unquote, reasonable. Um, like, they can't cause undue hardship to... Oh, God whatever. Yeah. We did a whole, that was the subject of our one L like LMC legal methods and communication memo. And yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wanda Campos. Shout out to anyone at Elon. Continue. Sorry. (laughs) How, how unreasonable is it to do online class at this point after doing it for a year and a half? You know what I mean? How is that causing undue hardship? How, how is that not more than a de minimis cost for the university to provide that okay how tell me yeah. someone tell me um anyways my classmate ansley who's on the disability law caucus at washu has started a twitter covid safe campus Ooh. if anyone wants to check it out they have a like survey there that people at different law schools can like contribute so we can like, have some transparency about what different schools are doing and maybe like come together to advocate like maybe we can you know petition the aba to waive their requirement if that's really the reason if that's really the reason that these law schools can't do it they're the people who we need to be like you know petitioning to okay not what do you suspect the real reason is uh expense and like slight uh, adds a slight task like adds an additional task what would the expenses be though like server space or whatever like if they're not uploading if they're not doing it for all students then you know doing it for zero students and doing it for one student is like a much different expense than doing it for all students you know I imagine it's that and that like professors don't want to have to like try to include the person on zoom by like cold calling them and remembering that they're there and like having slides and everything. Yeah. Really prioritizing, um, convenience for safety. Yeah. That's not supposed to be the priority. That's not how accommodations are supposed to work in my opinion. Um, so that is my low and, uh, I, I think I really think that some universities are going to get sued. And um, one of my mes is that <laughs> I thought I had crushed employment discrimination, but I just got a very average grade. <laughs> so, uh, I'm really there was part of me that's like, I'm ready to be part of the team that sues these schools. Like, let's fucking do this. Even though I'm not a litigation person, I'm more of a transactional person. And this really like hammered that home, but I'm ready to support (laughs) the people who do the litigation by making treats. I got you. (laughs) I will make you some treats. (laughs) Like I shouldn't be part of, part of that team. Um, yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I really think that these schools are out of line. I really do. And yeah. And I'm ready to just, I'm ready for the discovery part of the litigation phase. I want to see all the internal memos about yeah. like, oh, it's going to cost too much or like, oh, it's like, oh, it'd be so much easier if we didn't have to accommodate these students, whatever. Like, I want to read that shit and just like, oh, you know? Yeah. Get them. Get them. Uh, anywho, <laughs> that's my, that's my low. Um, I also, I just assumed that our like two weeks of remote school would extend. I didn't know how long, but I've heard rumors that it is not going to extend. And that is odd to me because I'm like, what's different about now? The only thing different is that the school actually sent everyone some COVID tests and we have to take them before we go to school. Okay. These are the at-home rapid tests that don't test for Omicron. (laughs) Remember everyone. The PCR test test for Omicron, rapid test don't. Right? That's what you've heard, right? <laughs> um, I don't know that I've heard that exactly, but still, I just yeah. Ugh. Okay, hold on. There's a study. I don't want to give out the wrong info. Da 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 da. Mm-hmm-hmm. Uh let's see, let's see, let's see. While the lab tests remain the gold standard for COVID detection, the navel swab test had 98% sensitivity. Oh, but that's not talking about Omicron. Okay, well, that's what I heard. (laughs) Uh, Lower tests work with Omicron, but there are caveats, according to Vox. Okay, okay. Well, um, let's move on from that. Anyway. We have to take these tests before we come to campus. I don't know. It's like, okay, so you took a test this one day and then you come to uh, come to class another day. Like, how is that? How? Safer. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my low. My meh was that grade. But a good, uh, a, my other high is that I got regraded in a class. This happened a couple semesters ago, and I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the podcast, where a professor regraded my exam in evidence. Did I yeah, tell? I remember. Yes, ab- vividly. So that was a very different scenario where the font I used, <laughs> trying to be because there was no there was no font uh, requirement, so I used one where I could get a couple more words in for the word count. I mean, the page count um, caused a huge fucking issue when it converted to a PDF and the page count went super wonky. And and like, like, yeah, it was like twice the number of pages that were allowed. And didn't he say like, I only read half of your shit? Yeah, I remember this. So that was was like pure, like, I give my professor 100% credit for that, for like, you know, reaching out to me about that. And then also like working with me about that and regrading it. This time I got my grade from the class and there's, so like most, if you're listening to this in law school, you already know this, but most classes, you just have one exam at the end and you get the grade and that's the end of everything. But in this class, this semester, it was a seminar class where we wrote papers all semester. So I had like all these other grades to go off of. And then when I got my final cumulative grade, I was like, what? I had been doing well on these papers, right? So I was just like, what? I must have bombed my last paper. And then when mm. I emailed in, um, that email exchange like prompted the professor and TA to like real like look again at the like anonymized numbers and the like list of students that they went with and those had been mismatched or something. And so I got a higher grade in that class. And this is usually like the stuff of dreams where people get a grade that they like weren't hoping for and they get regraded. I can't believe this has happened to me twice where I've gone from like an okay grade to a a very good grade. I was going to say this is actually the thing of nightmares, but (laughs) that's just, 
Oh, well, I mean, but like it's but like if you get a subpar grade, you always dream that you can just reach out to the professor and they'll give you a better grade. You know? Yeah, yeah, in that way, I suppose. Yeah. Nightmare maybe it's nightmarish for me because there are classes I look back on and I'm like, I should have gotten an A in that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And like maybe I actually should have. I don't know. Like it's a black box. You just never know. So that I only I I would have just completely accepted the grade if I hadn't had those paper grades back because like you you know you take the class you get the grade back you have no idea how your other how your other classmates did and I was in class with really smart people so I was like okay I guess they were better than me you know it's only because I had these like paper grades that I reached out ah anyways the takeaway from that dear listeners, is it doesn't hurt to be a little bit annoying sometimes just to check in with professors. Yeah, <laughs> that's could, actually a great yeah. takeaway. Yeah. Do you like know it, that meme that's like um, cats can have like a little bit of salami as a treat? <laughs> no, I'm unaware. What? Okay. <laughs> well, okay. I guess it's not as familiar as a meme as I thought because I made a little meme that said um, the Lydia can have a little annoying email as a treat. Um, and no one laughed at it. So I guess. <laughs> solo and yeah, sorry. Let me just, I'll find it and send it to you. That's really funny. I have to see this meme now. <laughs> the Lydia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the cats can have a little a salami. Yeah. I'll send it. Chat. Chat box. Speaking of cats, how is our favorite law cat, Raja? Raji? He's Raji. doing good. Um, he has moved from his humping phase to his biting phase. So humping I'm going to take that. <laughs> he was just really frustrated a lot um, and anxious, I guess. But now he's on to, like, he'll do that less, and instead he'll, like, lick my face and then start, like, biting it. So forehead is fine. It doesn't hurt too much. Cheek, dangerous. Chin, fine. Um, but sometimes he'll really grab my cheek. And I'm like, ooh, I can't move, you know? Ouch, yeah. No. Okay, also, I got the salami cat. Um, <laughs> it, is this cat well? <laughs> no. I think it has some sort of eye infection. And also, no. that's not salami. That looks like ham. So, yeah, I don't know about the origin of the photo, but the origin of the, like, advice is, yeah, cats can have a little salami. Surprisingly, cats are much better than other household pets when it comes to heavy sodium and fat content of the cured sausage. Your cat should be fine with a couple pieces of salami as a treat. And for some reason, that really caught people's... uh, imagination feeding cats salami as a treat yeah (laughs) you had to be there you had to be there yeah man this is like (laughs) some meta commentary that i just wasn't i I think i'm ill-equipped i don't know like it's not funny to remark that cats can have little salami as a treat and i'm like it's kind of funny and you're like it's not funny (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hate to, uh, yeah, uh, I hate to be, <laughs> to be the one. <laughs> I'm I don't even want salami. Um, okay, what else is going on? In, oh, I have my first impressions of class. Let's hear them. I can get. Okay, so this is my schedule going in. I have too many classes registered, and I figured I would get a vibe and then drop. Yep, this, is, this is expected of you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I had still been on the wait list for my Bollywood class. So I dropped it because I was still like 14 on the wait list. Um, Okay. So that leaves my non-law school class is a Japanese studies class called the Tale of Genji. Um, My law school classes that I'm registered in are immigration law, comparative refugee law, um, family law, and then money laundering (laughs) that's a class just money laundering it's so it's like money laundering international terrorism and corruption yeah um so i actually figured that money laundering would going into it i was like money laundering is probably on the chopping block when i saw the um 
not resume. What's it called? Uh, syllabus for oh, yes. the class. It's a lot of work. So basically like you learn a little bit about money laundering and then for the rest of the semester, you like get hundreds of documents and you follow a money trail basically. So, so it's like, like it functions as a how to launder money class. So they say it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it is more like uh, they are, this is like a more prosecution heavy class um, than like, I don't know. This is an area where I guess like I don't have any qualms with there being prosecutors, you know? Um, but the both of the professors are like practicing attorneys in this field. I guess it does feel like somehow a little bit more morally neutral. Absolutely. Like prosecuting like high white yeah. white collar criminals for money laundering versus like poor oh, yeah. folks for existing. Exactly. Yep. And what I hadn't realized until the first week of readings was like how much of an impact this has on like international development projects and like climate change projects um yeah it, it, it's like more relevant than I thought to what I'm interested in so um so interesting but a ton of work and also it's a night class because the professors are practicing then the last syllabus I received was the tale of Genji syllabus and it is a ton of reading and it's one of those like undergrad and grad combined classes. So it functions a little bit more like an undergrad class where you have reading and then you have to go to like the online like class page and like write like your feedback like on one of those like class forums. Every oh, so busy work. <laughs> yeah, kind of just like, ooh, I didn't really, I kind of just wanted to like read this book, you know, with a, with a scholar. Yeah. And we had to write a couple papers and I was like, Ooh, unexpected that that might be the one on the chopping block. So I knew I couldn't, I was like, I can't drop immigration law cause I'm finally getting to learn it. I love the professor. Same with comparative refugee law. And obviously those classes pair really well together. And then family law I was like, well, I'm going to love family law. And, um, like everyone raves about this professor so I was like, okay, it's probably going to be money laundering or topic entry. So I fill out the like beginning of the course surveys for my class for family. When she asked like, why are you taking this? Mm -hmm. I said, I really want to learn about like adoption and fostering. Cause I figure I'll do that one day and I want to learn about it. And also of course, like I will know people who get married and divorced and it'd be good to know about that. And it's on the bar or whatever, et cetera. So First day of class, she's like, so some people said they were interesting, interested in fostering and adoption, um, but we're not going to actually talk about that at all. And I was like, whoa, strike one. <laughs> For like a children's rights class, but WashU hasn't offered any children's rights class ever since the children's rights professor left. So um, that sucks. Uh, and then also in that class, so much cold calling. Like maybe 10 or 15 people get cold called a day. It's not like one person who's up. And I guess that's good for a lot of people because it keeps them on their toes. I do not like being kept on my toes. I like being a little bit nervous that it's going to be me. And then when I realize it's not going to be up for that class, I can just relax and like take notes. But like also it's kind of hard to take notes when there's like 15 people in the mix. You know what I mean? Totally. So was not really loving that vibe. And there's just a lot of like group work, like, okay, turn to the people beside you and do this. I really don't like that. <laughs> um, I just don't like, I, it's just easier for me to like work through stuff on my own. Um, yeah. So that a lot of strikes, but really relevant subjects. So I was like, all right, I'll give it another chance. Then the second class we go in, and um, the professor was talking about like not liking ebooks and like considering not permitting them. And they're so much cheaper. They're cheaper, and like there's a lot of reasons that someone might want an ebook for accommodations. And one of my classmates was like, "I have an ebook as accommodation. 
And the professor like kind of scoffed and also accommodations wise, like zoom has captions, not in all zoom meetings, but in some, uh-huh. and she had captions for the first class. I was like, Oh, cool. This is great. Cause like, if I cut, if I'm like looking down and I don't catch something and then I look at the screen, I can like see the words and it's easy, whatever. And then this time she was like, Oh, it, it makes the slides hard to advance. So like, I'm not going to have them. Sorry. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? Okay. So I was like, none of these things are deal breakers, but just adding up altogether, especially because money laundering was interesting and Tale of Genshi was rad. I was like, this class rocks. This is the best class. I'm definitely not dropping that. I couldn't drop immigration or comparative refugees. So it was between money laundering and family law, which is so weird to pit those two things against each other. But I was like, I think it's got to be family law. I think because of the vibes. Really? Even though I think I'm going to hate mid-semester when I have like chasing this money trail for money laundering. I have a paper and a presentation in comparative refugee law and papers for Tale of Genji. So it's like much more like an undergrad semester actually. But I was like kind of banking on family law and immigration law being the kind of classes where you don't do much and then at the end you cram and take an exam. But it doesn't seem like it's going to be like that for family law. So it seems like it's going to be weird vibes and a lot of cold calls. And, and a lot of talking, ju- yeah. And no no children's rights stuff. So I'm like, ah, I don't know. I mean, um, and like, look, family law is like fairly easy to teach oneself. Is it? Like, I, I was, bar- yeah, I mean, the like case, Themis but- for, for bar prep, we did family law one day. Like, that was oh, it. Oh, well, that's it? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like the lecture was literally one day. And then the next day we, like, you know, tried our hand at a practice essay. And, yeah, it's just, it's, like, it's not, it's all pretty straightforward. There aren't any, like, you know, weird caveats or loopholes or, or exceptions to rules. Like, it's, okay. yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So, wow. That might be the the last bit of info because the because it had a huge pro going for it which is that it's on the bar so yeah I don't know that class was the only was the only weird vibe class I really liked all the others and that class has like 70 something people which would be great if it was one cold call a day but not with 10 people being cold call a day my other classes are all really small like immigration law is like 33 people 11 of which are LLM students which is awesome and then comparative refugee law is like 12 people. I don't know why more people aren't taking that class because it rocks. Um, Tale of Genji is like 12 people. Money laundering is like 20 people. So I'm just like, wow, this, it really is like undergrad. It's really, it's like undergrad semester for me, basically. That's what's yeah. happening. Well, that's kind of a, that's a nice way to kind of, you know, wrap things up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was kind of longer than I, I I ended up ranting. Sorry. Those are my first impressions. Um, Great. Yeah. No need to apologize. I don't know if I have anything else to, I don't think I have anything else to, oh, 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 okay. Okay. I can say one more thing that I put under the meh category is that um, for my Japanese studies class, Uh, I was like the first student to be called on to introduce myself. And so I said like, I'm, I'm Lydia. I'm a three. I'm like a law student. I'm taking this class just like, cause it sounded interesting, whatever. And then at the end I said, which means like a lot of different things. It's like a really formal way to say like, nice to meet you. I look forward to working with you or like, please take care of me or like I'm in your care or something. Uh-huh. It's like a standard thing to say at the end of a self-introduction in front of class. So I was like, ha, huh, I did it. I did this like standard thing for my self-introduction. No one else did that, including the people who are like oh, God. majoring in Japanese. So and, do like, you just look like the biggest tryhard? <laughs> yes. I <look laughs> something, something. And I'm sure I said it like really wrong. Um, oh, yeah so so, uh, but everyone was seems really nice so good oh no (laughs) 
Well, that's my law school up- update stuff. But okay. you have our exam, like, preview for us, which is, I think, much more interesting. I mean, it's it's kind for- of fun. Like, if you treat it all like a game, like, I yeah. kind of have to get into that mode where I'm like, all right, hell yeah, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to do this practice set and, like... We're going to, I don't know. I'm like always trying to like conquer it, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought I would give you and the listeners a little taste of what an MBE question looks like. Um, yes, please. Yeah. So the MBE is the multiple choice section of the bar exam. It happens on the second day of the bar exam and it is 200 questions, um, you have six hours to complete it and you do it in two, three hour sittings. So okay. it's just like a, an academic marathon and this is what you're doing. Um, so I have pulled two questions that um, are actually very easy questions according to the analytics provided by Themis, like, oh. you know, 90 plus percent of people who encountered these questions got them right and I was in the minority who got oh, it wrong well. okay um, and that's fine that's fine because you do enough of these and like sometimes you just get it wrong um however I didn't get these questions wrong because I or I should say I got these questions wrong because I just like first of all don't understand the rule against perpetuities and second of all um I like have some serious moral qualms with uh duty when it comes to negligence and tort (laughs) so um yeah I thought I would read I'll start with a with a property question for you how does that sound okay sounds good okay so this is like a very standard MBE question so you start with the call of the question which here says in a jurisdiction applying the common law rule against perpetuities who has a properly vested interest in the land then you go up to the question and it says, okay. 80 years ago, oh God. a woman conveyed. <laughs> it's a saga. Land, I know, right? <laughs> Four score and 80 years ago, a woman conveyed land to her son for life, then to her son's widow for her life, then to her son's children. Okay. At the time of the conveyance, so wait, hold on, let's back up. So a woman conveys land to her son for life, so he has a life estate. Mm-hmm. Then to her son's widow for her life, which also sounds like a life estate, but it's like a remainder because dude has to die first. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It seems then to it her son's bad. children. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So at the time of the conveyance, her son was only five years old. All right. So that mm-hmm. means, you know, we don't know that he is going to be married. We don't know he's going to have a widow. Yeah. We don't know if he's going to have any children. He's only yeah. five. But the weird part about property law is that you have to assume if somebody is alive that they could procreate at any point in their natural life. So, like, you right. have to assume that a five-year-old can phys- can sire a child. You also have to assume that, like, a 100-year-old woman could give birth to a child. Um, yeah, they have the, these living people have a have a pesky, pesky way of procreating at any time. Okay. <laughs> So at the time of the conveyance, her son's only five years old. The woman died a few weeks later, devising her entire estate to a charity. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Her entire estate, aside from the land that she conveyed? Well, I think that's going to be the problem. So so 80 years ago, she conveyed land to her son for life, then to her son's widow for life, then to her son's children. But then at the time of the conveyance, her son is only five years old. And then a couple weeks after she conveys this land, she dies and devises her entire estate to a charity. Okay. 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 30 years ago, the son marries. The following year, the son and his wife have a child, but his wife died shortly thereafter. So this is already throwing kind of a wrench in the plan because the original way was that son was going to die, then his widow was going to have it. And then when she died, it was going to go to the children. But now we know the widow predeceases him. Okay, so wife dies shortly thereafter. The child then dies at the age of 25, leaving her entire estate by will to a church. A year after the child died, 
The son married a woman who was 50 years old. The couple had no children. The son died this year and is survived by his widow to whom he willed his entire estate. Curious. So the call to so question again is in a jurisdiction that applies the common law rule against perpetuities, who has a properly vested interest in the land? Um, and I would are, be guessing. I would oh, just, I, I, I don't even know how to, I would just be guessing. This is an right. easy question. According yeah. to the analytics, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, okay. you have so much to keep track of. It's like, yeah, you have the original intent of, like, the woman from 80 years ago. Then, like, everything goes sideways. This poor son, you know, everybody in his life dies, and then he gets married to a 50-year-old lady, and, you know, like, multiple charities have been <laughs> given interest in this land. It's like, I have no idea. Yeah. So, the, here are the answer choices. Okay. So, answer choice A is and this is the one that i selected and it's wrong okay okay so who has the properly vested interest i said the charity named in the woman's will in fee simple because the son's widow was not a life in being at the time of the conveyance all right sounds sounds good to me sounds good right yeah we're saying all the magic words fee simple <laughs> conveyance <laughs> love it okay answer choice b the church named in the will of the son's child in fee simple because the son's only child had a vested remainder interest that passed by the child's will to the church. No, nah, because um, the son was still alive. I don't know. I'm just saying that. I don't know. I, I know. It's like, I'm, I, and I'm like trying to wrap my head around why that's not the right answer. And I think it's because yeah. the son's child was not a life in existence at the time of the original conveyance and like huh. the rule against perpetuities is always trying to like not let that happen okay mm. answer choice c is the widow owns it in fee simple because she had a life estate in the land and was devised and was devised her husband's entire estate mm. um but i i don't know about that I, well anyway the correct answer is d um you want to know who has a properly vested interest in the land? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> it's the son's widow for life with a remainder to the church named in the will of the son's child. Of course, hey. you dumbass. <laughs> of You've course, been that's the answer. For 80 episodes and really been like, maybe I should go to law school. Oren, I'm talking to you. You hear this question? <laughs> this is the shit you have to learn. Let this be a lesson to everyone. Who's considering going to law school? It's not okay. too late to it's not, not too do late. It yourself. You can backpedal. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a tour. Correct? I think you'll probably get this next question right. Um, wait, wait, wait. What about this question? Why is D correct? Do we oh, know? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on now. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm ready. I'm like, kind of made peace with the fact that I'm probably not going to understand the rule against perpetuities. Um, and that might be okay. We'll see what happens though. You I might circle back. Of the question's correct. So you can sacrifice. Yeah. They keep like, they keep saying, you know, the bar exam is a test of minimal competence. You really just have to get like 60 to 65% of things. Right. I'm like, okay. okay. That's somewhat. Yeah. yeah. That's somewhat feels good. Um, Okay, so this next question is a torts question, and this one sent me over the edge. I So according to the analytics, 98% of people got this question right. Oh, like, my God. The, the, amount, the percentage of people that picked the answer that I picked was so far below 1%, it doesn't even show up. <laughs> on the analytics okay 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 i wonder if i can get this right i haven't scrolled down to the answer that you put so i'll guess okay um so the so what we're looking for is negligence we're in torts right now okay so the question is does the man have a valid claim for negligence all right here's the fact pattern a woman left a grocery store and is walking to her car when she sees a man laying in the middle of a parking lot the man is passed out from excessive drinking. The woman had never seen this man before and looked closely at him to see if he was sleeping, injured, or just dead. Oh. Unable to tell what was wrong with him and being very late to pick her kids up from school, the woman leaves the man in the middle of the parking lot, gets in her car, and leaves. Fifteen minutes later, a shuttle bus driver who did not see the man 
ran him over and broke both of his legs. The man has sued the woman for negligence. Does he have a valid claim? No, he doesn't. And why doesn't he? She didn't assume the duty just by looking closely at him. She would have had to start doing something to attend to him to then, and then abandon it for it to be negligence. Is that what you put? Is that wrong? No, you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, the correct answer is no, because the woman did not owe a man, did not owe the man a duty. Ah, um, okay. I selected yes, because the woman was negligent in leaving the man laying in the middle of the parking lot. You're a good person, Megan. That's not what tort law is about. <laughs> and I was just like, damn, like, this is so cold. And, you know, I guess I was really hung up on like the foreseeability of his injury. I was like, ah. isn't it reasonably foreseeable that if you, I, I realize that, you know, your, your average passerby doesn't have any duty. There's no affirmative duty to rescue anybody. If, you know, aside from when your own bullshit is what like puts them in, um, right, right. in the way of peril. But I mean, yeah, you have no duty to like rescue anyone. And that's why and how people lawfully walk past people in distress all the time. Um, but I guess I was just really like, isn't like she walked up to him to make to see if he was uh, like, okay. Seriously. Yeah. But then I guess the facts do say unable to tell what was wrong with him. So like she couldn't ascertain whether he was like, okay or not. Um, yeah, I just was like this isn't this harm so foreseeable that she acted negligently by just not, I mean, yeah, I'm applying like, I'm applying my conscience, not the law. Right. Which, you know, doesn't get you any points on the bar exam. Uh, Well, I think my, I think maybe a clue that D is wrong, even though D is right ethically is that, the question asks if he has a valid claim for negligence. And so I think the answer choice would hinge on one of the like elements of negligence, but D is giving a legal conclusion that it says the Ooh. woman was negligent in leaving the man lying. And That's so it's really good. Like clue. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're absolutely but we right. Use, but it's because we use negligent to mean like breach, but law uses negligent like you know as all the elements you know what I mean I don't know yeah I know I, I get you well dang <laughs> so those are, like, my two, those are my little you uh, know nips. okay that wow Just okay the rule against perpetuity is one though <laughs> that one though I don't know man <laughs> yeah and that wasn't even a hard one like some of the hard ones are like you're you're well, saying you're saying things like you know you have a springing executory interest in fee simple or like i'm like what the (laughs) what are you saying (laughs) what are you saying and yeah like when i look at the answer i can justify it right because i'm like okay so the woman said the son then her son's widow then her son's children and the widow is alive and then the child had devised it to the church so it follows along okay but that's very different than not knowing the correct answer and not knowing which one is right. right. Figuring out some kind of justification once you know the right answer is not nearly right. <laughs> the skill set that you need, you know, that's uh, not. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> this is wow. my hell. <laughs> Don't learn something, maybe. One more month. One Aww. more month. But the frozen pizza thing, I think, is kind of like a a negative spiral. Like, you know, at a certain <laughs> point, your brain is like, oh, I need a couple more vitamins. But then it's too late. You're like sitting for the bar. <laughs> deficient. Yeah, I'm super, super deficient. Super deficient. <laughs> it's so funny. Why did I say that? That's not encouraging at all. It's I- okay. I'm in just a horrible <laughs> negative feedback loop. Be Be here with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good. 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 Well, that's all I have for you. I need to, you know, get back to my uh, studies. Yeah. Um, okay. Farewell. Yeah. I I will get back to I I actually am preparing a surprise for Billy to come back. He has finally has a negative on his COVID test. He had COVID and 
now he's better. So I want to make him like a congratulations. You survived COVID like cake or something. Love it. That's yeah. so fab. That's what I'll do. Yeah. Good. Enjoy that. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, hopefully we can I make this happen you. again before I yes. take the bar. Yes. Yes. Whatever works for you. Okay. John, that means bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye Bye-bye.